Shall we go? Okay. Hey, good evening, everyone. Good, good evening, everybody. Good evening. There you go. Guys, welcome to our discussion tonight. If you're here, it's because either you're getting extra credit or you're really interested in Batman. I know it's probably the second. Uh, guys, we are pleased to welcome you to a special presentation that's brought to you by the Wolf Coon Ethics Institute, which is run on our campus by Dr. Art Remillard. So they're sponsoring this event here this evening. And we're going to be exploring the ethics of Batman. Guys, by a show of hands here, does anybody know what Batman's supposed one rule is? What's his one rule? Don't kill. Don't kill. If, we, if you've watched the Christopher Nolan movies, that, that rule comes up over and over again. We're going to be questioning tonight whether or not that's an ethical decision, as well as some other aspects of the character. We're going to start off, though, with a little video clip. Has anybody here ever read or seen the comic book or the cartoon of The Killing Joke? Okay, we got, we got some fans in the audience there. It's an ending that's open to interpretation in terms of what could be a final confrontation between Batman and the Joker. So what we're going to start off with tonight is a, is a clip from this movie before we get into introducing the panel and setting our conversation. So sit back and enjoy. back on when we're done with the video. of a joke. See, there were two guys who locked in a lunatic asylum. And one night, one night they decided they didn't like that anymore. They decided to escape. So they made it up to the roof, and there, just across this narrow gap, they see rooftops stretching across town, stretching to freedom. Now the first guy, he jumps right across no problem, and his friend, oh, oh, no way, he's afraid of falling. So the first guy, he has an idea. He says, hey, I got this flashlight with me. I'll shine it across the gap between the buildings and you can walk across the beam and join me. But the second guy said, what do you think I am, crazy? You just turn it off when I'm halfway across. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse me. Ha 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 ha! 
So, no doubt the ending is open to interpretation and really sets a nice stage for what we're going to be talking about this evening. Uh, with no further ado, I would like to introduce our panel who's going to talk about the, uh, the controversy of this character's relationship, whether or not Batman is making an ethical decision by enforcing his no-kill rule. I'm going to start off by introducing our panel. I'm going to let our panel introduce our, their, themselves, starting off with Dr. Art Remillard, who's the director of the Wolf Coon Ethics Institute, as well as a teacher here at St. Francis. There Dr. you go. You, you did a nice job. Uh, <laughs> also <laughs> teaching religious studies. Uh, I'm Laurie Chose, one of the literature uh, English uh, writing and literature professors here on campus. Hi everybody, Mark Buckwalter. I am the criminal justice instructor here on campus and um, excited to be here this, for this evening's panel. I'm Danny Anderson. I teach English over around the corner at Mount Aloysius. And, and guys, I'm Kent Tonkin and I'm going to be moderating the panel tonight. Now we do welcome your input at uh, points when we're having the conversation. There may be openings for you to ask questions or join in the conversation. But I'd like to start by opening up the, the questions to the panel. Uh, we, we've, we've learned from our group here that Batman's one rule is he does not kill. Is Batman making an ethical decision by not killing the Joker? Whoever would like to start that part of the conversation? Any takers? <laughs> for those, um, for folks in the audience who are not as maybe don't know the Batman character as well. I think one thing that we should add is that the Joker continues to kill because Batman doesn't put an end to the, to the chase. So, so I think that um, despite what you may or may not think about the capital punishment and those types of things, I think it's important that we add that, that you know, one part of the conversation, and, and that is the Joker keeps getting away and he continues to break the law when he does so and, and hurt people. So, maybe, I, I mean, I guess my personal um, response is I think that the problem is somewhere else. I personally don't believe in capital punishment, it's just where I stand on the issue. I would like to see Batman, I would like to see justice served in another way without Batman killing the Joker. Now from a literature perspective we can think of it differently because the story must go on, but um, you know, so I, I would like to see it that way too, but um, that would be my, that will, I'll start us off with that comment. We'd like to follow that. Okay, that, that's an interesting interesting thing being the on the criminal justice side of things you know I think we always look at things ethically I think we have to do things ethically I think that's the responsibility of a law enforcement officers to make sure that they're they're handling things ethically so when we look at Batman is uh, is he the ultimate crime fighter um, is he law enforcement is he vigilante is he how do we how do we look at the context of Batman um, what's really interesting is, and I just watched this again this evening, I watched uh, The Dark Knight, and in The Dark Knight, um, Joker at one point quotes and says, I'm going to quote the Joker, he says, Batman has him um, at a point where Batman could do him in and, and kill the Joker, and he says, you won't kill me because of some misplaced sense of self-righteousness, and the Joker um, then says, I won't kill Batman because... Batman is so much fun, right? So 
I think in Batman's uh, ethical sense, he does n he will not kill the Joker. Does not want to kill the Joker because that that's his his one role, and that he is ethical about how he wants to handle things. Um, whether it gets to the point where ultimately he ends up that he can't take anymore because how much can one crime fighter take? I, I don't know. Um, some some interesting things for conversation for sure. Yeah, I guess I would add, like you have to ask what the nature of the Joker is. Um, and so he's almost like a less of a person than a force of nature. And so in some ways it's like the fire department refusing to put out a fire on some ethical grounds because the fire has rights or something, right? And so, um, and so I wonder if Batman thinks of the Joker as a person in ways that um, aren't true to the nature of his character in some ways. Um, I, I also think that he's making the right ethical choice, though, um, by not killing him because um, I think that is really a systemic problem in Gotham City. There should be jails that <laughs> that can house him, right? Um, and if we are going to have the death penalty, that should be publicly administered and not by a private citizen in a mask, right? And so mm -hmm. yeah. so uh, to think about kind of the ethical direction that you can take this, I think you kind of have to start with some fairly basic questions about human nature, right? So uh, if you come at a point, if you come at this from a point of saying uh, there are people who uh, forfeit, forfeit their kind of right to live through the actions that they take, right? Uh, then you have a kind of route to move in there, and you say, okay, you know, what are the what are the conditions under which we under which we say they forfeit their right to to live? Well, maybe a condition is they uh, create an unstable society. <clears throat> they uh, willfully take innocent life, right? And they show absolutely no sort of sense of remorse. Uh, and if you kind of have a view of human nature that says that those are things that are uh, rise to the level of negating your right to live, then it seems as though you have an ethical path to uh, a capital punishment, right? If, however, you say, each person is a unique uh, and, and, and uh, special creation that has dignity irrespective of what they do, that there is some good in them that can be extracted. We as a society just have to try harder. Um, then you have a little bit trickier time walking around to, this, to that, that sort of ethical corner. So you really have to start, stop and think to yourself, um, what, what is your view of human nature? And then draw a line between that and the action you think is, is, is most justified. Um, you know, the, the, the question though is, is that the, the question of innocent life, right? And I think that that's where this gets a little bit tricky. If this person keeps getting out over and over and over again and doing damage, at what point uh, are the people allowing this to happen to be held responsible? And when, when did Batman first come out? Batman came out in 1939. 1939. Yes. Okay, so that kind of... <laughs> Detective Comics number 27. Globally. <laughs> right, 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 right. So from 1939 to mid-1940s, what kind of things are happening? 
let's ask the panel yeah. or the, the crowd. Yeah. What, what was going on during that period of time? Does anybody know? Yes. Uh, the rise of the Nazi Party in Germany. Mm -hmm. So we have instability in Europe. What else was happening in the United States at that time? Yes. The Depression. Yeah, absolutely. And what came out of the, the Depression and Prohibition? Anybody ever seen a, a mobster movie? Organized crime. So we, we organized crime, and I don't know if, this, if the panel doesn't know this statistic. Does anybody here in the room know this statistic? What was the unemployment rate of the general population during the Great Depression? You must have heard that in Biz 101 or something. One out of four people couldn't find a job. So that's a wonderful backdrop, Dr. Remoy. But he started, he started by using guns, though, he did. right? He did. When did he stop? Stopped in the mid-40s when public sentiment turned against uh, gun ownership. Oh, gun violence. Right. Yeah. Right. So Batman started off for, for some context, although we assume now that it's it's uh, official that Batman doesn't kill. In the early days of the character, he regularly killed people. Carried 45s, even uh, actually hung a, uh, a mentally challenged person by the neck from an airplane until he strangled him to death. Uh, saying at the end of the, the murder that he's probably better off this way. So things have changed. Yeah. Things have changed. But in the question, to get back to one of the thing, one of the major questions that comes out of World War II as a consequence of the Holocaust is, um, are are there places where evil exists, and there are no courses of action other than the use of violence, right? And and the Holocaust is a great example mm -hmm. of that, right? Because that was a, that was a clear place where where um, there were a lot of pacifists in the 1930s. Right? After World War I, everybody was saying, we can't keep doing this. So pacifism became a thing. After World War II, everybody said, in places where evil really does exist, to allow that evil to persist is a worse evil. Right? And, um, and so, you know, lesser of two evils means less evil. That's a good, you know? Um, and so, again, it, to answer your question, Yes, with a but, no with a however. <laughs> <laughs> Which of our panelists would like to respond to that? <laughs> yeah. I would like to go back and reflect to the court system in Gotham just for a moment. Right? Um, you mentioned the court system in Gotham. I, I don't know why. Most of you folks out there know the Batman stories, right? So what happens with the court systems the Joker it keeps going to, to jail, right? He gets locked up and he continues to get out over and over and over again after he's killed uh, and maimed numerous people. So how does that happen uh, in our real society? That, that's not going to happen. So I don't know where the court system is going wrong in Gotham City, but something apparently is going wrong because the Joker keeps getting out and Batman has to keep going after him and, and finding him. Right? So I don't know, maybe that's one thing that we need to take a look at is why the court system is running afoul in, in Gotham. Um, maybe it, it starts there and then maybe we don't ever, if we can lock up the Joker, then we never get to the point where Batman is forced with that ultimate decision that enough's enough. You know, uh, that's just w one aspect of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think going off of that, I wonder if just the existence of a Batman is a problem, like a, a, a private justice vigilante um, is a problem, but if the systems the, of justice 
in Gotham are so inept or corrupt, or both uh, often, then that necessitates this sort of um, private justice and having a rule of not killing is probably the the best form of lesser evil that he can come up with uh, in that kind of a scenario. Um, but yeah, I think, I'm, I agree with you. I think that my first complaint is however he keeps getting out of Arkham Asylum, that's patch that hole, right? And, and exactly. <laughs> There's a common theme in the, in the comics, not just Batman, but other heroes as well, is that the heroes uh, are blamed by their villains for their creation. And there yeah. was a, a very famous line in the 89 film, the 89 Batman film, for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, when the final confrontation comes between Batman and the Joker, the Joker responds to Batman by saying, you made me. Mm. So, so Danny, to paraphrase what you're saying, you're basically saying that we would never, we wouldn't have this ethical argument in the first place if Batman hadn't put on a costume and started punching bad guys in the face on the back alleys of Gotham. Didn't, didn't, didn't Joker make Batman? In the 1989 version. The 1989 film. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. We're getting into subjects of continuity here. So in, the, in the 89 film, for anybody who's, raise your hand if you've seen the original Tim Burton Batman. Okay, well in that version <laughs> of the character, the Joker is the person who killed Batman's parents when he was Jack Napier. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Which, you could even go the other direction, right? So Gotham is this sort of lawless hellscape, right? And, and the Waynes are walking through this with all sorts of wealth and comfort, right? And, and kind of turning a blind eye to the social needs of the people in front of them, right? Thereby creating the Joker. Mm -hmm. You gotta like keep going back and forth with who created who. So look at my pearls. Look how wonderful and wealthy we are. Yeah. And let's uh, look, look through these non gentrified neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Can I ask this question? Uh, this is point of curiosity. So let me kind of go in the direction. Does um, the cycle of uh, fighting, capturing, sending to jail, escaping, and not killing make for a good literary kind of uh, um, a, a, an appealing, does it have a literary appeal, right? In other words, if he killed the Joker, then he doesn't have a rival. And if you don't have a rival, I'm not interested anymore, right? It's like the Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah, you hate the Ravens, but you want them there because you need somebody to hate, right? Steelers, okay. Um, right? I mean, is that, I don't know, anybody. So are the Ravens the Joker of the NFL? No, I was trying to get this in <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're, that too, well, if, you're, if you're in I this said, area, I guess. <laughs> if you're in Baltimore, uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, sidelight there. Okay. So I mean, is it is it do is that more for the literary value, more for the appeal of the story, more for uh, Batman to always have a rival, than it is for us to be thinking about? The ethics of killing, or it's, both. It's certainly easier yeah. to sell comic books if you don't kill off the best villain. Yeah. In fact, right. here's a fun fact: uh, the very first appearance of the Joker in 1940 
he was killed off in the first issue. Oh. And the readers loved him so much that they brought him back. So he's also one of the first villains to ever come back from the dead because the readers enjoyed him so much that he was selling comic books. So that's a really interesting point. I just wanted to add in that one of the key components of the Joker's character is that he wants Batman to lose for real. And by having Batman break, by having one bad day, that's a current, you know, constant theme in the series. If Batman kills the Joker, then the Joker wins. Uh. And so that's like a huge, like, uh, that's I think more about like a literary sense. Like you can't have, you know, he's, Batman's supposed to be the best human being possible. He's supposed to be the light of all of us, the best parts of humanity. Uh. Um, and if he breaks, you know, that one rule, well then, there's no hope. <clears throat> but do we think Batman is the best parts of humanity? Do you think? I think so. You do? Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's a matter of perspective, I guess. I think that Batman's a criminal himself. You mm -hmm. know, you can't be a vigilante and go around doing the things he does. Well, yes, I mean, she did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> in terms of literature, only, you know, in terms of. Um, I don't see Batman as a good individual necessarily because and maybe that comes up later in our conversation as no, well go for it. I mean I see him as a criminal as also um, the lesser of the two evils uh -huh. perhaps uh -huh. but still evil uh -huh. because well because of the things he did because the early character you know, kills people, hangs mentally challenged individuals from, you know, or continues to just be on the pursuit. It's, you know, I think he's driven by vengeance. And therefore, I don't think his drive is necessarily as pure. However, I, I welcome all opinions here for sure. Well, to, um, to, you, to go with what you just stated too, one of his famous taglines, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. So even he even owns what you just said. So that's a great point. And he's therefore dehumanizing everybody he's fighting because they're not even, all they are is an avatar for the guy who killed his parents, right? They don't uh, exist as individuals themselves. And so he's getting, he's doing private justice for himself. He's not really trying to protect the city. In fact, to fill that hole, it's better for him to have people to beat up, and therefore, why should he distribute his wealth a little more evenly to, to solve some of the, the, the economic issues that create the crime that he then goes and cleans up with his fists, right? And so, um, yeah, he, he's, he needs the cycle of the Joker. So um, I do agree, though, with her, um, her statement that that I, that keeps it from being the Punisher, who I think is a really boring comic book character. Oh, oh I know. Right. <laughs> I know Art loves him. Oh, Art and I've had this no. conversation already. Um, I know he loves the Punisher. That is but, scientifically um, proven. <laughs> but having that that line makes him gives him a little more complexity um, <laughs> and a little more sympathy than some just a raging psychopath, yeah. right? And he is the hope for the people of Gotham City, right? I mean, he's their hope. So, I mean, he does have redeeming qualities for sure. He has purpose. Well, would, it, would it please the panel if I ask a question to our audience? Mm -hmm. Sure, Laurie, I think you brought up a great point. And my question is, 
will somebody be willing to take either side on that argument? Is there somebody here who thinks that Batman is a good person? We know we have one person at least who thinks Batman is a good person. <laughs> and are there people who think he's not, that he's, he's, a, that he's a jerk? Does somebody have an opinion one way or the other on that? In the back. I mean, I kind of support the uh, idea that Batman is the best of us because uh, as good of a character the Punisher is, um, Batman is just one one death away from becoming the Punisher in that way. And I kind of feel like by, by kind of stating that he won't kill, he's kind of reinforcing that, that kind of accepted societal belief that, hey, killing's a bad thing. And why should he pull himself down to the level of the people he's trying to beat? Anybody who would back up that point or take the counterpoint? Please. If he did start killing, then he would be playing God, and mm. I feel like that's not what he wants to be. He wants, you know, like I said, back with the humanity aspect, like he is supposed to be like the best of us, and by attempting to, you know, play God in life or death, that's kind of putting him in a different area. Anybody else? Please. Okay. I know nothing about that Batman, uh, but <laughs> just not knowing anything and hearing like every, like all the opinions just in general, like I've always thought of Batman as a superhero because that's what I've always heard, so I feel like that says something like to the volume of people think that he's a superhero because somebody who doesn't know Batman at all like me believes that he's a superhero since it's such like a common, I guess, for me at least. So his reputation precedes him. Yeah. Maybe one or two more. Is there somebody who would take the opposite opinion that this guy is not a good person or is a, is a villain himself? Is there anybody who would take that perspective? If not, we're gonna lean on the panel to do so. Yeah, so um, I like the phrase best of us, right? That, because it to me, uh, it gives us an alternative to thinking about it, good and bad. Uh, so, you know, the great Protestant reformer, Martin Luther, had this, this sort of notion that all of us as human beings are both fully sinner and fully saint completely at the same time. It's kind of a paradoxical thing to say. But, you know, if you think about yourself, you have qualities um, that are admirable, that are noble, that are, you know, are, are things that, that you like about yourself and other people like about you. you know, you're kind, you're generous, uh, you're compassionate. Uh, and then there's things that are a little icky on the inside, right? Um, just the things that, that we, we don't so much like. And so we're, we're, we're all of those things at the same time. And to be a complete person is to be uh, both, both you know, held up and noble and, and, and a little bit crooked at the same time, right? And I think that for Luther, it was kind of being aware of that is where a person needs to be, right? Because if you think you're just the best thing that the earth has ever received in human form, you're really insufferable, right? Um, and if you think that you're just beyond redemption, uh, then, then uh, you know, you're not giving yourself a chance. And to think about Batman being the best of us, he is a person who does unspeakably bad things and unspeakably great things. Mm -hmm. But I think he is at least self-aware to a point that um, 
these are the things that keep them up at night, you know, that gnaws away at them. And to have that kind of reflective ability to know when you have to turn away from certain things because that's going to pull you further down the pit than you need to um, is the best of us, right? It's not saying he's perfect because he's not. And I think that's what makes him interesting, right? Superman, I liked the Man of Steel movie, at least the first half. Not so much, right? Um, first half I was good with. Yeah, first half I really liked, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into the Moses parallel there another time. But he's less interesting because he, he's a man of steel. He shoots laser beams out of his eyes. Like, what can you do to him unless you have... You know, kryptonite, he's, he's just a little too perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that what makes him appealing is just that, that struggle that you see in him. Heavy is the head that wears the cowl. <laughs> I, I totally I agree with you on that. I think that we look at Batman and he has to have some morals and some values, right? Mm -hmm. I, I believe that he does because he does a lot of really good things and probably does some things in the underworld that you know, maybe he shouldn't, or maybe he walks a fine line. But to the folks in, in, in Gotham, right, I think he's really important, especially in the law enforcement world, because Commissioner Gordon will signal him mm. when there's something bad that goes on, right, they're not calling for reinforcements and backup for police officers to show up, right, or the SWAT team. Who do they call? They're going to put up the bat signal, right, so Batman sees that, and he responds accordingly. So... They, I think the, the commissioner and the commissioner's office and the police, I think they look to Batman as we've kind of exhausted all of our leads with our policing and our detective abilities. We need to call in reinforcement, and that, that being Batman. So he comes to assist um, the police, to, to assist the commissioner. But it was so, also, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, that's uh, it's also when we've exhausted all the limits of civil liberty law, right? Um, and so um, that, that scene in The Dark Knight when yeah. he leaves him alone in the room with the Joker to beat the crap out of him, should, right? Should we put that scene on? Uh, oh, yeah, you, you have to that. Yeah. that up. Keep your conversation going while I cue that up for you. Um, Art, um, I, you, were, you were talking about the kind of dual nature, yeah. and it reminded me of my fellow English professor, Jekyll and Hyde, right? And mm -hmm. so, like, theologically, isn't it interesting if you can make a self that is the entire, the entirely contains the bad part and a self that entirely contains the good part, right? I, is that, I, I don't know that that's good if you're getting rid of that balance. Um, right. I, I don't know how Augustine would, would uh, there you go. I told him I'd pronounce it right. And, uh, um, Guys, I'm going to kill the lights for a moment so it'll be easier to see. What you're about to watch is a scene from the 2008 film The Dark Knight which Batman is attempting to get information out of the Joker by interrogating him because legal methods don't seem to be working for getting the information that's desired. Harvey Dent never made it home. Of course not. What have you done with him? Me? I was right here. Who did you leave him with? Your people? Assuming, of course, that they are still your people and not Maroni's. Does it depress you, Commissioner? 
to know just how alone you really are. It doesn't make you feel responsible for Harvey Dent's current predicament. Where is it? What's the time? What difference does that make? Well, depending on the time, he may be in one spot or several. If we're going to play games, mm. I'm going to need a cup of coffee. The good cop, bad cop routine? Not exactly. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the next See? You wanted me. Here I am. I wanted to see what you'd do. And you didn't disappoint. You let five people die. Then, you let Dan take your place. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. Where's Dan? Those mouthfuls want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. And why do you want to kill me? <laughs> I, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you. You complete me. You're garbage. You kills for money. Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. I need you right now. When I don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, they're morals. They're code. It's a bad joke. We've dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the ships are down, these, uh, these civilized people They'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. All these fools, and you think they'll save you? What's in control? I have one rule. Oh, then that's the rule you'll have to break to know the truth. Which is? The only sensible way to live in this world is without rules. And tonight, you're gonna break your one rule. I'm considering it. No, there's only minutes left. You're gonna have to play my little game if you want to save one of them. Yeah. You know, for a while there, I thought you really were a dent. The way you threw yourself after her. Look at you go!
Both of them. And that's the point. You'll have to choose. He's at 250 52nd Street, and she's uh, on Avenue X at Sicily. <laughs> Yeah. I just think that's a good example of what of the question posed to the audience. You know, is, is that you know, your? I think in that scene, you know, Batman goes too far even for the police. You know, they, they question whether he should be in there with him. They, and I guess I'm kind of taking the side of Batman not being a great guy here, but um, he blocks the door so they can't stop him. Um, but is Joker a bad guy too? Of course, you know. He needs information. I mean, it is, there's no right answer. But the Joker has a point when he tells him that killing is making a choice, right? And so by not killing me, you're choosing other people to die. Mm -hmm. um, and somehow that you're able to mentally distance your, yourself from that responsibility, I guess, mm -hmm. um, because of the mask, mm -hmm. um, the cowl. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What was the line he had? There was something in effect of, uh, you know, I have one rule, then you're going to have to break that rule to be free. Yeah, you're going to have to break that rule tonight to, 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 uh, to save. Yeah. yeah, anybody know about Nietzsche? The, super, the Superman? Nietzsche's Superman. Yeah, the Uberman. Right? That's it. I mean, that's, that's, his, that's his whole thing, is that, that you create your own morality. Right, and the, the difference between these two people is is that one has one rule left before the, and the other one is he's 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 created his own morality, he's created his own world, he's created his own uh, conversation, um, and, and that's what he has defined as freedom. The uh, tagline for this movie was, by the way, "Welcome to a world without rules." Yeah. <laughs> For the rest of the panel, any any reactions to uh, is is this uh, is this showcasing a hero at his best? From the audience too. For for those of you in the audience, how many of you ha have seen that scene before? By show of hands. For, for anybody, but in particular for the folks who have not, uh, what's your response to to Batman as a character? Is is he a hero in this scene? What are your thoughts? Please. He doesn't seem very superhero to me. Like, that's all. Like, this is the only. That's literally the only bit I've seen of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to change that. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I feel like we have. Up, up until now, we, you know, the, we've been here that I know about Batman. Well, Morgan's in my literature class right now, so we might have to really change that. We'll have to add a little something. And there's more of this stuff for sure. So, does he cross the line in that scene?
you saying this confession was coerced? <laughs> Should probably not stand up there. <laughs> right. Uh, any other thoughts to Batman's tactics in this? For, for anybody, is is this showcasing a, a a good guy? Is this guy a hero by what he's doing here? What are your thoughts, guys? Yes. It's taken out of context. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us more. Well, for every like. This, it looks bad. <laughs> but for every, like, bad aspect that we see from that, there's also, like, a hundred good things that have come out of that. Um, not to spoil the ending, but things happen to people, and if he hadn't done what he had did, well, then things could have been even worse. So, not saying that the ends justify the means, but... It was either that or something even worse was going to happen. So, so utilitarianism. We got a mm -hmm. we got a question in the back or a comment in the back. I think it's almost like he's a. Uh, I don't know how to explain it precisely. He's doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Is what it comes to. Mm -hmm. Is what it's mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, so does Thanos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that exact line with my wife, and she never bought it. <laughs> But, so the, the wrong thing for the right reason. Right. Because, like, um, like he's not, like, he's still trying to figure out, like, he's trying to, uh, in, in the context of that scene, like, he's trying to find Harvey Dent, he's trying to find the new, but the district attorney. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, yeah. And he's trying to find it because he's, be, he's kind of become, like, the new, um, the new Batman, I should say, in, uh, in Batman's uh, absence. He's kind of, like, the public face that everyone looks to is like, hey, he's a good guy, let's follow him, let's kind of support him, and like, let's clean up the streets. But like, he's trying to figure out where he went because he kind of wants that, like, I mean, it's kind of, uh, throughout the entire movie, you kind of see like, he wants to, like Batman wants to put down the mantle, he wants to just like, step back, and he keeps being told, hey, you gotta step back, and he thinks Harvey Dent's the answer until uh, Joker nabs him. Can I ask Mark, since uh, you're on, on our criminal justice aspect, let's say, for example, at the end of the story, the Joker gets caught and he gets thrown in jail. Is this confession going to be of any use to the police at this point, or is there a chance that this guy could, could be back on the streets because of these kinds of behaviors? Probably not going to stand up in, in court because of the way it was handled. Um, coercive confession or, you know, pr police brutality. Batman brutality. There's going to be some issue there that it probably, probably will not stand. Even though we all know that Joker has repeatedly killed and, and maimed and injured people, it's going to be a difficult time procuring a, a, a conviction in this case, I think, because of mistrial. Now, if we went back and looked at other cases and pulled other cases up, they certainly could, could pin other cases on, on the Joker. Um, and probably wouldn't need this case. But in this one, I think ethically, um, for the rules of interrogation, I think that <laughs> that would all go out the window in this, in this scenario. That would be my, my opinion on that. And then you're left with, um, I'm sorry, I'm really hard on Batman. I really like Batman. I love this movie. I like that. <laughs> I feel like Batman I'm, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're left with a scenario then, well, we'll just fix the court system to make it right. And then the court system is corrupt. And so 
the intentions are one thing, but you are nothing in the end except your actions, right? And so um, doing the wrong thing for the right reason, you're still doing all the wrong things. And that actually, I don't know, has anybody seen the the DC Universe show Titans? Um, nobody subscribes to that system except me, I think. And so, um, but it's a really interesting um, series. It's about the Teen Titans, and it's kind of led by Robin, who's quit Batman, um, and he's been basically psychologically damaged because of what Batman has made him do. And it's interesting, Batman adopts him into this life because he saw him lose his parents to a criminal, and wants, and he's obviously trying to make up for his own loss, right? And so he kind of trains uh, Dick Grayson into being a mini Batman and doing all sorts of psychological damage. And the whole series is about him with this kind of almost PTSD um, about his life with Batman um, and trying to not be Batman. And so, um, and in the last episode, he's put through this weird, uh, I don't know, I don't want to get into the details. Trigon, the demon, puts him through this weird, like mystical um, alternate universe scenario. And he ends up killing Batman and becoming the darkness himself in this dream. I don't know how, I haven't got a chance to see season two yet, but uh, where it went from there. But, um, but I think, Within the DC universe, there is also criticism of Batman. Um, this isn't just people from outside of Batman criticizing Batman. It is there's a self-reflection about his failings, <laughs> I guess. And he does kill what's his face in the first one, uh, essentially. Um, uh, yeah. Well, the 89 film, yeah, he definitely... No, no, no. Oh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, Ra's al Ghul. He says, I won't kill you, but I won't save you. I mean, that's Parson. That's like, that's putting hairs right there, okay? And so you essentially killed him. And so, I don't know. I won't kill anybody after this guy. Yeah, yeah. So Just this one time. Well, I guess just to bring it back to the first point we were discussing, though, um, the character, uh, Batman, obviously, everybody here knows how he becomes Batman. He sees his parents killed and, and scores war on criminals. And from some place, he believes that the, the, the law cannot do everything it needs done, or that the law in some versions of the story is so corrupt in Gotham that they are not cleaning up the streets in the first place. So making that the assumption, we're still back to the central question. Is he making an ethical decision by sending a lunatic who's going to kill again into a system that cannot contain him. That, that really ties us back to that, that central question. It's 2008. It's 2008. So what I'm wondering is, is this, the, is this less Gotham and more allegory for, uh, you know, Guantanamo Bay and that sort of a thing, right? Christopher Nolan would agree with you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, a little waterboarding going on there. Right. Yeah. And so that's the that's the kind of question that they're that's the setting that they're putting this in is are there these times when um, extreme measures to extract information when under duress uh, aren't only permissible but they're they're necessary. Right. So we're all on the other side of the glass looking in. We're feeling a little icky, but we're sure happy he's getting the job done in there because we don't want to be in there doing what he's doing. He's taking on a task that we're real happy sitting on the other side of the glass just looking on and seeing. In fact, even within the movie The Dark Knight, and by show of hands, hands again, who has seen that movie? There's a line in, in the movie about how I believe it was the Spartans would suspend the Constitution, their own Constitution, in times of war to be able to commit acts that normally they would not be able to do. 
Um, there are some who think that may also be making reference to things that were happening in our government uh, at that point in time as well, things like the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. So, second thoughts. But, so if we think about this ethically then, and we think about humanity and the basic rights of humanity or the idea that one human being has power or authority or some right to hurt another human being for whatever that reason, I guess that's mm -hmm. my question. So in the case of the torturer and the victim or the, the prisoner, well, the torturer might have power in that situation for sure, but do they have the right mm -hmm. to physically torture another human being for whatever the reason? And that would be my question. Does Batman have a right? Does that make them? Does that make them yeah. Go ahead. Uh, bad. Does that make them bad? Does that kind of call in question their moral standing? And I know that opens up a can of worms that we can't even imagine because you think about military scenarios and mm -hmm. so forth. But that would be my question. Mark, we're just moving down the panel. We'd love to that. This is so interesting because if. Ethically, we know what the, what the rule is. We know what his number one rule is for Batman. Thou shalt not kill. So, Batman, when does he get to the point where he snaps and ultimately he kills the Joker? And then how do we treat Batman? Does Batman end up on death row like everybody else um, who commits murder in society? Does he end up on, on death row? And then we know that Batman is going to sit there for 15 and a half years because that's how long it takes to exhaust all the appeals process. He's going to sit there in a cell um, with all the other people that committed these heinous crimes um, and wait for his turn for the death penalty to, to come up, right? So is that going to happen? Does, does Batman, what does his psychological profile look like? Like, I would really like to see what that looks like. Does Batman finally come to the point where he claims... Um, the insanity defense you know that all these years and this, these times that I spent together with the Joker back and forth um, can he claim insanity I, I don't know um, if we do lock up Batman and he ultimately does this heinous crime and kills the Joker and ends the whole thing I think he has to be treated like everybody else and but then again, we have to realize that Gotham might not be the best. <laughs> Their court system might not be functioning like it should. He won't stay in prison. He'll be out. He might be out. <laughs> but there's just there's so many things to look at this with, you know. Um, and and ethically, so far, he, he adheres, Batman adheres to, um, I think he pushes the, the limits. I think he walks the fence and walks that line. But, um, you know, I think we all expect that in, in the character. But if he commits this heinous act, what do, what do we do? Is he going to sit like everybody else that in society that does that murders is going to sit on, on death row? So I actually like this storyline for the future <laughs> Batman movie. What do you think? Should we pitch that? Uh, he, he breaks out and now he's underground, right? <laughs> no, I don't know. But I do like the storyline you just thought about. Hope you're listening, DC. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting. The end of the Dark Knight, 
does. I mean, Batman is expelled from society. I mean, that's the price that he has to... He takes on the crimes of Harvey Dent, basically, because society can't operate with someone breaking those kinds of bounds, right? And so um, Batman does isn't celebrated for what he's doing. At the end of that movie, he ends up on the run. And I, I made the case to Art that this is like um, Oedipus being cast from the city, right, um, in order to expunge it from its sin. And, um, and I think that the movie realizes that society can't function if we allow that kind of thing to happen in a civil, civil space. I'd like if we could to turn it to the audience, because now we're getting close to the time, to ask if, if you're willing to participate in this little poll here. It's a simple question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you think Batman should continue to uh, operate. Let's, let's rephrase the question. Is it a more ethical decision for Batman to not kill the Joker? Or is it a more ethical decision for him to kill the Joker? So if you think that it's a more ethical decision for him to continue to not kill the Joker, please raise your hand. If you think that it's a more ethical decision for him to kill the Joker, please raise your hand. It's about half. Did you? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, uh, well, uh, can I add one more to that? Um, who changed their mind tonight? Literally nobody. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of small hands. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, um, well, I guess what I would like to do, uh, because we actually have an answer from Batman himself in an animated film on giving an explanation of why he doesn't kill, but before we show that, I'd like to give each of our panelists a chance to do a closing statement on, on their views tonight. Any last words they'd like to offer on the subjects we've talked about? So we'll give you a second to think about that, and if somebody uh, would like to go first, feel free. Well, I'll steal your point. I always think that these are, um, these kinds of alternate realities that we get in different forms of fiction, and this in this instance with graphic novels and movies, um, if you can take the time to sit with these and think about them beyond their surface, you can really get to some fun, big, important questions about how you live your life and the life of the world around you. I just want to say, I, I like Batman. <laughs> um, but with that said, I think one of the reasons why I like Batman is because, you know, there's so much about his character that we didn't get to in an hour. I mean, we could talk all day, four days. I mean, their books have been written and so forth. Um, and one thing I just want to mention is that I think Batman is such a complex character. I do think he can be the best of us. Thank you for saying that. Um, but, you know, and maybe he's driven by vengeance, but he was a boy who suffered a huge loss, right? A vi in a violent circumstance. And no matter how he coped with that loss, that's still, I think, a, a big part of where this discussion begins. And if I were teaching this, I would want to start there with grief with potential PTSD and other issues and look at that as well. Of course we don't have time to do it all today, but I do like Batman. Maybe because I see the kid in him who's trying to, you know, work through this life situation. 
Um, but I won't say. I could go on and on, you know. So I'll, I'll let Mark go next. I am a Batman guy. I've always liked Batman. Um, always enjoyed the superhero aspect of, of Batman. I personally would like to interview Batman. I would like to do the mind hunter type thing with Batman. <laughs> I really would like to explore what makes him go. Um, that would probably require some psychiatric and psychological testing, but I would really like to talk with him and explore his, his inner thoughts because I think if we had a chance to, to look at him on the, on the inside and really get to try to figure him out a little bit and just see what what makes him tick? What are his his instilled values and morals, and how do, how does he really perceive things ethically? That that would be my my take. Really would like to get that opportunity. Make that happen for me, Ken. My only thing, I guess, it's important for me to consider. There's a lot of different versions of Batman, right? And so um, other stories have challenged some of the things that we think about Batman and reverse them in many ways, this White Knight um, storyline that you were talk talking about earlier. Um, and it's interesting, the no killing rule was an invention of a new kind of social code, right? And, and the, in the 50s, there's this hysteria about comic books um, and the effect that it's having on the uh, seduction of the innocent um, is the name of the book. And, um, and I think there was pressure on comic book creators to do, to put in these kinds of safeguards uh, for, so we don't seduce our innocent, as, as the book says, right? Um, and so it's interesting to hold these these different versions of Batman up to the different times in which they're produced. And I think you do, as Art says, um, get a nice, an interesting window on who we are as a people at, at various stages in history. Before we um, go into letting Batman close us out in his own words, I want to give a, a warm round of applause and thank you for our panel for contributing their time and their wisdom uh, to our discussion tonight. And it's wonderful to be so cross-disciplinary here. And what we're going to be showing you to kind of close off this tonight, this is a scene from a cartoon called Under the Red Hood. And here's the context. There have been multiple Robins. The second one was killed by the Joker, or so we thought. He came back and actually led Batman on a chase to try to force Batman to kill the Joker. And in this scene from the, from, the, from the animated film, we hear Batman in his own words explain why he does not kill. So that's the scenario. You, for not saving me. But why? Why on God's earth? Is he still alive? <laughs> Gotta give the boy points. He came all the way back from the dead to make this shindig happen. So, who's got a camera? Ooh, ooh, get one of me and the kid first. Then you and me, then the three of us, and then one with the crowbar. Then... You be as quiet as possible, or I'll put one in your lap first. Party pooper, no cake for you. Ignoring what he's done in the past, Blindly, stupidly disregarding the entire graveyards he's filled, the thousands who have suffered, the friends he's crippled. You know, I thought, I thought I'd be the last person you'd ever let him hurt. If it had been you that he'd beat to a bloody pulp, if he had taken you from this world, I would have done nothing but search the planet for this pathetic pile of evil death-worshipping garbage and sent him off to hell. 
You don't understand. I don't think you've ever understood. What? What, your moral code just won't allow for that? It's too hard to cross that line? No! God Almighty! No! It'd be too damned easy. All I've ever wanted to do is kill him. A day doesn't go by when I don't think about subjecting him to every horrendous torture he's dealt out to others. And then... end him. Aww. So you do think about me. But if I do that, if I allow myself to go down into that place, I'll never come back. Why? I'm not talking about killing Penguin or Scarecrow or Dent. I'm talking about him. Just him. And doing it because... because he took me away from you. I can't. I'm sorry. That is so sweet. Well, you won't have a choice. I won't. This is what it's all been about. This. You and me and him. Now is the time you decide. If you won't kill this psychotic piece of film, I will. If you want to stop me, you're going to have to kill me. You know I won't. I'm going to blow Mr. Rain's brains out. And if you want to stop it, you're going to have to shoot me. Right in my face. This is turning out even better than I'd hoped. It's him or me! You have to decide! Decide now! Do it! Him or me! Decide! Start talking, but yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, we can 